Chapter 17 Faith landed in the field near Moon City and folded her wings. I jumped off. I couldn't touch Sam. Not now. He couldn't possibly be my brother. I would sense if he were. There had to be another explanation. A sea of Lasaris moved around us, walking toward the wall. We're marching, Alexis called. You coming? Soon. Sam jumped off Faith and rubbed her head. Faith tucked herself into her feathers and purred. Alexis came closer. When you join us, the one rule is that you can't talk. That's what Elohim asked. Sam embraced her. Alexis moved toward me and put a hand on my arm. You must be Peril. Henry told me all about you. I gave my best smile. Alexis, right? She nodded, then stepped away. Looks like you two need to talk. You're safe where you are. This is Elohim's battle. I sat down, Sam next to me. Faith flew away, her wings blowing a gust of wind that pushed my hair back. She joined the other eagles that took off into the blue sky. People bustled around us like a shield. No warriors from Moon City attacked like Marcus had trained them to do. This didn't seem like an ordinary battle. I shouldn't have brought it up, Sam said. I just didn't want you too close. Well, I did. I do. I turned my head away. I understand. Lesson learned. Don't flirt until you're certain of family relations. At least he hadn't kissed me. I groaned. I am so humiliated. Don't be, Sam said. We don't even know if it's true. Am I right that there's something special between us? I stayed locked on his face until the intensity threatened to draw me closer to him. Sam cleared his throat and looked away. I want to find out more about the three chosen before we go forward. How will you find out? I asked. Seems like you and Jimmy know each other, but he can't help if he may be... I shuddered. Dead? And my mom stuck with Carper. Well, Sam said, we should pray. I don't remember any prayers. Dad didn't make me memorize them. Has Elohim spoken to you? Yes. Have you responded? Not with anything he wanted to hear, I'm sure. That's prayer. The last thing I said to Elohim was that I wasn't making Carper the king. Even if I tell him I'm not following what he says, there's grace even for the angry prayers. Sam stuck his hand out for me to shake. Meanwhile, can we be friends? I couldn't handle being Sam's friend. I couldn't look at him without wishing he was more than a brother. I turned away. Not yet. Makes sense. Sadness rested in his voice. A knot formed behind my ribs. I was sad, too. Sam stood and pulled me up. Let's march. My heart beat faster with each step toward the wall. I wanted to run and find Mom. Could I reach Moon City with no one noticing? I never should have left her. I'm going in for my mom, I said to Sam. Not now, Peril. That's not what we're here for. We'll talk to Shia later and make a plan to find her. I rubbed the back of my neck. That may not happen until tomorrow. I couldn't wait that long. Sam nudged me. I cursed the fluttering in my stomach at his slight touch. It'll work out, he said. What if he was wrong? Sam eyed me with suspicion. Just wait, please. I will. I spied an open window in the wall with no bars. If only I could fly. A Lasari woman handed us white strips of cloth and flasks made of camel skin. 
I used the cloth to wipe sweat from my face. Sam smiled. What? It's a headdress to protect you from the sun. Sam blended in with most of the Lasaris in his turban and cotton long-sleeved tunic and pants. Some passerby wore pants I would have seen at an outdoor store at home. One wore a shirt with a picture of an American flag and the words, Land of the Free, across their chest. I chuckled. Did he even know what it meant? Lasari women draped the headdresses loosely around their heads, backs, and shoulders. I set mine on my head and let it hang. How would it stay on? I felt more out of place than I had in my black fluffy dress. Guards stood on top of the wall every couple of feet. They spit on heads. Some made crude comments and calls at the women, fighting over which ones they wanted. Others made bets on who'd make it when they did attack and who'd die quickly, like they could really remember who was who with thousands moving below. Why didn't they attack? I would have at least expected something raining on our heads besides their saliva. We approached the wall. The only sounds were our feet shuffling against the dirt, a wheezing man, and the click-clack of a woman's walking stick. Shia led in the front. As my feet pounded against the dirt, my mind became more focused. A presence lingered in the air. It was the same feeling I had in visions, like tidal waves shifted us forward. Pain was in our steps for the city. Compassion for the people was in our sweat. I wasn't afraid. Maybe I didn't care what Carper would do to me. He'd pressed his weight onto my broken ankle, yet Elohim healed me. No matter what happened inside his city, Carper couldn't really hurt me. Not permanently. The field blurred, like the background of a photo. A vision pulled me out of the reality of my feet against the ground and into the other now familiar realm. The wall still stood before us, but the Lasaris had disappeared. Figures as bright as stars grew out of the ground and marched. They dressed in white robes and muttered words, growing in volume. It was not the crowd noise that you'd hear in a busy place, with people saying, Where do you want to eat? or Stop stepping on my toes. The noise was pleasant in tone, like everyone wanted to speak with as much enthusiasm and plea as they could. The crowd chanted, Koak to you, Elohim for you. In this frozen time, what would Elohim do for me? In a vision, no one would watch me. Would he let me reach Mom and Moon City while no one else was around to see? Could I make my own decisions in a vision? I willed my body to move, but it didn't. Let me move, Elohim. I need to move. I fixed my eyes on a window of Carper's mansion that rose above the wall. I imagined it was where Mom stood and watched me. Perhaps she saw the vision and asked for Elohim's power to bring me to her. A figure of light laid a sheer and shimmering hand on my shoulder. He closed his eyes and muttered words I couldn't understand. I felt a warmth of peace pour through me. He opened his eyes. Elohim wants you to fly. It seemed I could put my hand right through him if I tried, yet he was as real as the vision. If I talked, would he hear or would he flicker away? I can't move, I said. Have you tried? Yes, I... I lifted my foot, 
I lifted the other. Had I changed the vision because of my prayer? Trust. The figure walked away. I had to move before it was over, and all the Lasaris and guards saw me. More than likely, Sam and Mom could see what shifted. As soon as I'd asked, the vision became mine. I ran toward the wall, my white headdress floating away. My feet lifted off the ground for seconds. My eyes widened. I took off again. I lifted into the air faster the second time. I was flying. I kept my focus on the mansion window and flew upward. Below me, the bright figures faded. Their whispering voices grew dimmer until they were gone. I was close enough to touch the wall. The guards in the roof flickered. I almost flew into one, then swerved to the right and landed on the roof. Running to the near chute, I hid. It was clear, but better than nothing. Like a magic wand had touched them, the guards became fully awake. Oh, crud muffins. I peered down. The Lasaris marched. Sam watched me. Don't give me away. Sam marched again. I licked my lips. Beads of sweat rolled. The sun felt hotter on the roof. Whose idea was it to make a wall out of steel? At the edge of the roof, the guards watched the Lasaris. I crouched lower. They were close enough for me to hear them talking, too close for comfort. From the roof, I saw the mansion's window. I could jump from this roof to the next. It was risky, but what other choice did I have? Still crouched, I shuffled on my feet and glanced behind me. The guard who I'd nearly run into watched the sky. Did you guys notice something flying around here a second ago? I froze. He'd seen me. Yeah, they're called eagles, another guard with a thick beard said. No, it was a person who almost hit me. He rubbed his eyes. Never mind, I've been out here too long. Doesn't seem like they're going away soon. Why aren't we attacking them? A woman asked. Because we know they'll win, the first guard said. Copper spent years training the warriors for this. The bearded guard folded his arms. He's trained them as bait. If the Lasari Sea Carper has built warriors who can't die when eating Lee, there's a higher chance they'll want him as their king. The first guard sneered. Yeah, if he actually talks to them about it. The woman laughed. What's he going to do? Walk to the leader and demand that he be king of the people? They'll kill him on the spot. The only way he can talk to the leader, the bearded guard said, is if a Lasari protects him. Me. Shia had asked me to be Carper's protector. If I told Carper I'd protect him, which I wouldn't, and he believed me, which I doubted, then Shia would accept him. In Shia's mind, making Carper the king was Elohim's plan, and I only had six days to do it. But I wasn't going to. I had to reach Mom. Why not send the warriors to attack, the woman said. They can't die if they keep eating Lee. She had a point. Why would Carper build an army who couldn't die and not use them during battle? The guard stroked his beard. Because it's Elohim we're fighting against. With him, even eternal beings become mortals. They were afraid. They sensed Elohim's power. I'd heard he'd split an ocean in half for the Lasaris to walk through, and that the sun had once stayed light for a battle as long as one man's arms lifted toward heaven. Did Elohim win in every story? The woman sighed. What if Carper doesn't get the Lasaris to join him? Shouldn't we be hiding before we all die? Many lives were at stake. Not just Carper's. 
Shia's assignment didn't feel like such a terrible task. By ensuring that Carper talked with Shia safely, I could save Moon City. But these people who tortured and killed each other daily didn't deserve to live. Even if I saved them, I'd never forgive. That's why I have a plan, the bearded guard said. When Carper comes back, we kill him. I withheld a gasp. Someone else killing him could solve my problems. Mom and I would have a better chance of making it back home. What does that do? The other guard asked. The bearded guard folded his arms. Gives us a chance to run. Carper thinks the Lasaris can save him, but if they accept him as king, then what's the chance he'd want to rescue us when the Lasaris attack? He'll be with them and safe while they slaughter the rest of us. He was right. They didn't have a chance living as long as Carper was alive. There he is, the first guard pointed. He's hiding at the edge of the forest. See? I see him, the woman said. So when Carper gets closer, we shoot him with an arrow, lead the warriors to fight whoever stands in our way, and then we run. Too risky, the other guard said. I say we kill Carper after he's in Moon City and wait for the Lasaris to take a break. They have to get tired eventually. Then we escape. Fine, the bearded man said. Either way, Carper is a threat to our survival. If marching around the wall is the only thing the Lasaris plan to do, we have a chance. I let out a small breath. I could have enough time to find Mom. I crawled along the glass roof. Below me was a warrior's greenhouse. They'd only have to turn around, and I'd be caught. I scurried over a border and balanced on a small ledge. Below were cement and clusters of houses. Ducking my head and keeping my fingers curled along the top of the wall, I dragged my feet sideways a little at a time. If the guards turned around, they'd see the top of my head bobbing and my fingers scooting. If only the vision hadn't worn off, then I could fly my way over. My hands slipped and my legs trembled. If my mind told my body to fear, I'd never make it. The mansion's roof was about the same distance as Shia was in height. It didn't seem possible to reach it unless Elohim gave me wings. But it was the closest axis I'd seen yet. Ahead, the wall curved around a bend, out of sight and further away from the mansion. Yep, the best place to jump was where I stood. I'd have to turn my body around and bend my knees before jumping. I was sure that's what Henry would tell me. Another ledge of the mansion's roof was in front of me. I could try to land on that if I didn't make it. A balcony was twenty feet below. The key was to land without instantly dying. Elohim, is this the way? A Lasari would not doubt. And I was a Lasari. At least I was born as one. Did I have to know the law in order to identify as a follower of Elohim? But I wasn't a candidate. Not if fear kept me from trusting that Elohim would carry me from here to there. A decision weighed like an anchor in my heart. Should I jump? My body swayed in lightheadedness. It was now or never. I bent my knees and leaned forward, preparing to jump.